1: what's happening weirdos what a what a dream guest old old d p chopes himself has come to be on the podcast such a such a wonderful uh, opportunity this is obviously a uh, more uh, new Agey or God-based one, then say uh, then Sinbad or something, which is also a, an amazing episode. But uh, this is me in Deepak's office at the Chopra Center. Speaking of the Chopra Center, if you want to go, that's just it's like Disneyland for people that are interested in stuff like this. Uh, they did not ask me to plug this, but if you go to Chopra.com, it's one of the coolest places I've ever been. It's like a spa, it's a meditation sort of place, and they have all sorts of things like sages and scientists coming up where it's just like physicists and like like leaders and spiritual stuff are talking it's it's really really cool i was gonna say dope but i don't think i can pull that off so anyway check that out chopra.com uh deepak's so grateful that he took the time to sit down it was so cool i hope you enjoy it Uh, Tour date's coming up I think you guys know this by now Um, I'm going to be in Montreal By the time you're hearing this I'm in Montreal Uh, There's a live podcast this Friday at noon in Montreal For our Canadian Weirdos And after that, Buffalo, Philly, Denver Yeah, Seattle, Portland, Boston, Bloomington, Indiana Uh, More are being added All of those for details and dates and specific tickets And all that sort of stuff Go to PeteHolmes.com And click on Pete on Tour and you can click on all that stuff. Uh, and now, if you want to support the show, uh, a good way is weird.com, Buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker, buy something of that sort. Or if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just go to uh, Nerdist.com. Go to this episode. There's a banner for Amazon. Click on that. It'll take you to the site. Then buy a uh, shop like you normally would. And a portion of the proceeds go to support this very show, which we always sincerely appreciate. All right, guys. I kind of can't believe it happened. But uh, here it is. Me... <laughs> Me and uh, Deepak Chopra. All right, where would you like to sit? Whatever's comfortable for you. you. I like to face the person, you know, get a little flow. But uh, if you want to sit there, I can sit there. Is that okay? That's fine with me. That's your chair. I want you to be comfortable. This office smells really good. (laughs) (laughs) You just shrug, like, what can I say? (laughs) That's me.
0: (laughs) (coughs) It's the odor of the spirit.
1: Well, is it something Aru Vedic, you gave me that wonderful uh, gift bag Yes, and it had some really yeah. great smelling things in there that I appreciate oh, it's all center stuff. I know you do. Do you employ them? you enjoy them yourself? Yeah <laughs> so how's it going, man you doing okay? How are you yeah, we're recording. I just start okay. yeah, are you, you get... into that? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we've worked together before, you know that <laughs> Yes, you were on the show and you killed it. It was fun. Yeah. It there was, was a lot real.
0: of comments on Twitter. Oh, is Facebook. that right? Yeah.
1: Well, people loved it. That, that was, you know, something we were trying to do that was a little bit different was have people like you who are important, very important to me, but you don't see them too much. In the comedy show. world Yeah I know you've done stuff With like Mike Myers And stuff I yeah. saw your iconic class <laughs> right. Did you watch that episode? Yeah I did It was really really great Yeah it was fun So I knew that you were Into, into that comedy That was a little improv bit. You know Theater at, Yeah at the magnet In New York Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Magnet, yeah. I, If I had been in the city At the time I would have gone to that In a heartbeat Is that Is comedy important to you? Yeah, actually
0: I wrote a book called Why Is God Laughing? I'll give you a copy of it. No
1: way. Yeah,
0: Mike Myers actually wrote the introduction.
1: Get out of town. Yeah. That's amazing. So why is God laughing? I I know it's frustrating. I've interviewed other authors. Yeah. So you ask them these questions and you're like, I've already put the answer to this question in the book. Why is God
0: laughing? Yeah. Because God gets the joke.
1: (laughs) The cosmic joke.
0: (laughs) The cosmic joke. Yeah. The cosmic joke is that everything in the universe is a paradox. Nothing makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we exist? Why is there something instead of nothing? Yes. Okay, what does it all mean? I mean, there's nothing actually in the universe needs to exist. Right. So why does it exist? How does this universe come out of nothing into this exploding... Absurdity. Big Bang <laughs> and yeah absurdity, and a universe that's expanding faster than the speed of light at the moment what's the source of it? How does nothing happen to become everything yeah it's all and why does everything have its opposite you know you, you never have something that doesn't have its complete opposite, so really? you know there's up and down there's light and shadow there's So-called sinner and saint, the sacred, the profane, the divine, the diabolical. Yeah. You know, it's it's all kind of
1: bizarre. So it doesn't make any sense. And then in these other weird ways, things having their opposites and things being calculatable. Mm -hmm. So there is some logic to it, but it ultimately doesn't seem to make any sense.
0: It's calculatable to the point of mathematical precision. Right. If there was one decimal missing in this whole what do you call the standard model of physics yeah or the constants one decibel missing we wouldn't be having this conversation right so it's that mathematically precise and yet it's totally paradoxical it's totally <laughs> a contradiction and that's what a joke is by the way a joke is a contradiction yeah and that's why you laugh if I have to some explain some sort of a violation j- yeah. yeah if I have to explain a joke to you then it's not a joke right 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 but if your spirit gets the contradiction right
1: we love. That's that's come up on the show before as we say we need to find girlfriends and partners uh, that understand the cosmic joke. There's some people that I've met, and this is something that I think can uh, make people feel lonely until they find like-minded people that don't seem to have a problem with taking everything at face value. Being like, why wouldn't I exist? Why wouldn't I get up? Why wouldn't I do my job and have a dog and some children? And then there's other people, I think people like you and me, if I'm not mistaken, that just can't Accept this. You know what I mean? To me, the the proof of of God or whatever or anything bigger is just this. What is this? I don't mm-hmm. understand it. The fact that we're communicating right now interests me to go deeper. Where some people just seem to take it in stride a little bit better.
0: Yeah, but you know, if you're not perpetually surprised by your existence, then you don't really deserve to exist. <laughs> <laughs> You need to keep being shocked. You, keep, you need to be being keep shocked, you know. And also, what happens is we take everything so much for granted that there is no sense of wonder, or humility, or gratitude. Yes. So we get caught up in the banal. Yes. We get caught up in you know why did she say the such and such to me? Why didn't you return my call? Right while all across the cosmic horizon, galaxies are tumbling into the unknown <laughs> faster than the speed of light. <laughs> you know? There's an American Indian saying, I once heard an American Indian chief saying, while you're complaining of this and that, a great wind is flying across the sky. You know. <laughs> yeah. So when you see the magnificence of what's out there, mm. and it's not only... Inexplicable It's totally Mysterious Yeah And is that Sorry And once you kind of Embrace that
1: mystery You live a life Of enchantment Isn't that what Everybody's after Curiosity Wonder The things you said Mm -hmm. Be I've said many times On this podcast I said I just want to be As amazed with life As I should be As I should be Mm -hmm. all the time I know you're into mystical thoughts If all we have is the moment This is the first time I've ever spoken with somebody This is it, you know what I mean? This is the first time The
0: most important person in your life Is the one in front of you right now Fucking (laughs) A The most important time in your life Is now Right. The most important activity in your life Is now And that's because now is the only moment That never ends the moment ever renews itself. The moment is your window, your corridor, your ticket to eternity. Yeah. We live in the moment all the while imagining the past and the future. And if you live like that, if you're not in what is, and your attention is on the past and the future, then your life is a dream. What's yeah. the difference between a dream and reality. A dream is thinking of what is not. A dream is in imagination. Mm -hmm. But the moment is now. So you know what people call time? Time doesn't flow. Hmm. Because how can the moment flow? The moment can only renew itself. Well, people call time is the flow of experience around the still point of the moment. Do you get what I'm saying? Say it
1: again. Time
0: is the flow of experience yes. around the still, still point of the, of the moment. The moment doesn't change. It's... The moment doesn't change. Your body changes. Yep. That's an experience. Your mind changes. Yeah. That's an experience. Yeah. Your thoughts change. That's an experience. The environment changes. That's an experience. Right. Your relationships change. That's an experience.
1: <laughs>
0: so, you're
1: But not... the moment is always there. Yeah.
0: And... The moment is always there, so time is just uh, an illusion right. of the flow of experience, and you're not the experience. You're the one who's having the experience. Mm. So when you get that, you'll realize that even your body is an experience and you're not it. Okay? <laughs> because if you say, I'm my body, then which one are you talking about? You had a baby's body, you had an adoles- adolescent's body. Yeah. So you, identifying your, your body is kind of a hallucination.
1: I, I said that on stage. I did stand-up in New York two nights ago, mm-hmm. and I was talking about uh, how hard it is to make a decision, to know what I want. And I'm like, well, which me? Hungry me? Tired me? Horny me? Angry me? Grumpy me? Mm-hmm. Drunk me? Mm-hmm. Then I went, and I stole this from you, straight up. I mm-hmm. went, baby me? Yes. Isn't it weird? You used to be a baby. You were the size of a loaf of bread. Was that you? And people laugh mm-hmm. It's your bit <laughs> no,
0: no, no. Actually you were the size of a dot right. At the end of a period Right. By the way that was the universe too So here's the big Interesting thing Even the universe started As a dot <laughs> Okay. Now it spreads out 47 billion light years Across yeah. to the cosmic horizon But it started as a dot And you say Dot where? And the answer is You can't give a location to the dot Right Because before the dot There was no time right. And there was no space Even space and time Started with the dot yes. So the dot had no location You can't have a location For something That Was there right. When there was no space time Right, right, right Okay Now you started like that too You were non-local When Your Parents were looking at each other and having those horny thoughts. Okay, and then you manifested as a dot, and then you kept inflating, just like the universe. Yeah, because the you know the body. Is this body, a fat
1: joke? Huh? No, <laughs> I'm joking. That's what happens. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I got bigger and bigger, bigger
0: till you can't get any bigger, and then you burst. In, the bubble bursts, and you're back into the non-local. Yes. So the universe mirrors itself in you and me. Right. And everything that is alive.
1: I am the eyes of the universe. I believe that's something you've said. Yeah, Witnessing eyes, itself. Yeah, The universe is looking at itself through these
0: eyes. Is that pleasing? This, this is the observation deck for the universe to
1: look at itself. Us, our brain. Our Us. brain, yes. And that... In theory, see, because I grew up Christian, I always like to give uh, human attributes to these non-human things, like the universe. And I, I want to say, is it pleasing then for the universe to view itself? Is that, is that its purpose? Does it want to, even the, even the idea, the Christian story of sending Christ to be like, well, I want to the universe see like wants a man. to
0: know itself, and it uses the human brain, yeah, to experience itself, but it uses other brains. So you know, when a mosquito looks at the universe. It's a mosquito universe. Okay, when when an, a bat echolocates yes. through the ultrasound, uh, that's it's a bat universe. Bat universe. Okay, <laughs> when a dolphin or a whale sends infrasonic through the ocean waves, that's a dolphin universe. Yeah. So the universe is it, Not there's not one universe. There are as many universes as there are modes of perception. So you know, this is another problem which even some smart scientists don't get. Mm. Okay, right now there's a program called Cosmos. Mm-hmm. It's very popular. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we had
1: Brian Greene on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and, and you have all these people, Brian Greene mm-hmm. and Neil Tyson. They're very smart guys. Okay. Yeah. But they actually believe that the cosmos that they look at through their amazing telescopes and the James Watson telescope and now you know, mm-hmm. newer and newer gadgets, they actually believe that's the universe.
1: <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you mean?
0: That universe is a reflection of the human brain.
1: You, you, you think we're looking at ourselves?
0: Well, I'm saying that the human brain and the universe that humans observe go together. Yes. Right. And what science is guilty of, even these smart guys, is something called naive realism. Naive realism means that, what you when you see something, you think that's its nature.
1: <laughs> and you're saying no,
0: no. <laughs> I'm saying that is a reflection of the human brain. If, as I said, if there was a mosquito looking at it, it would be a different brain, uh, or not even a brain, but right. yet it has a perception, right? Right. So. What is it that co created the brain and the cosmos so that we could make that observation? Hmm. There's a correlation between the human brain and the cosmos that scientists look at.
1: Mm-hmm. So are, you pre- are, you, are you understanding? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Do you I think? Are you saying that the cosmos is similar to the human brain? Or are you saying the only way we can see the cosmos is because we have the human brain? I'm
0: saying that the cosmos reflects the human brain. Yes, but that doesn't mean that's the intrinsic nature of the cosmos, because the cosmos that's is the ni- different for every type of species. Right, right, right. So which one is the right look of the cosmos? Right, right, right. There's no such thing as the right look of the cosmos. There's only a way of looking at it, which is species dependent.
1: Yes. So we're trapped inside of this, like your shirt, the astronaut. We're in flesh astronaut suits, and we were sent to this universe, and now we're observing the cosmos the only way we can, That's but it. then we have the pride of saying that that is how it is. That's how it is. But that's not how it is. That's how it appears. I love how you can tell when I'm not following you. You're like, you're not laughing. You're not clapping. I don't think you understand, that's, which is true. But you got it. Yeah, right? I finally I got okay. I did get it.
0: So science is based on a, on the idea of naive realism. Yes. They take the perceptual to be the actual.
1: Well, this is something that I've asked some of our science guys is, is the, the idea of the Heisenberg principle. When you're observing something, we're part of the thing that we're observing. I've talked about it in my stand-up. I say I feel like we're in a snow globe. And sometimes I love science. Science, like when you talk about the expanding universe, that excites me. But I feel like a lot of times why it leaves me cold is we get a lot of what but no why. So we're looking at the snow globe from inside the snow globe and we're counting snowflakes and we go, there's 300,000 snowflakes in here. But then I think there's people like you and I that are unsatisfied with that. Even though perfect math and all that sort of stuff can be very invigorating. When Brian Green was on, I was so excited. Oh yeah,
0: and then we have technology that comes out of it. You know, you're using this machine. We're both
1: benefiting from it We're
0: both benefiting at a price, by the way. Yeah. Because, you know, every technology, that is based on separation of the observer from the observed, it, in its very creation, marginalizes the universe. It creates a fragmentation. So everything that we've done with, uh, with science, mm-hmm. that's not good. Okay, mechanized death, uh, eco-destruction, extinction of species. So if we ultimately destroy this planet and ourselves, It'll be because we had science, right?
1: It'll be because we wanted to keep progressing. I- I've heard no,
0: no, it's because we separated ourselves from that which we observe. Mm. We could have a holistic science which says, oh, you know those trees are my lungs. If they didn't breathe, I wouldn't breathe. Right. And if I didn't breathe, they wouldn't breathe. Which is completely true. Okay. This atmosphere is my breath. This earth is recycling as my body. <laughs> These oceans... Are my circulation? Yes. So why do I call it the world? Why do I call it the environment? That's it's omit. you. It's you. It's you. Yeah. I have a personal body. I have a universal body. They are both equally mine. Now, if you did science with that attitude, yeah, you would have what is called epistemic humility. Okay. <laughs> you would have total sense of wonder. Yes. You would. You would do science. Only in a way that's divine, that actually helps nurture the ecosystem. And you would also have the experience of transcendence because you would say, you know, I'm part of the mystery that I'm seeking to solve. Science never looks at who's observing. They only look at what am I observing. And then they think that what I'm observing is real when it's in fact
1: a reflection of who I am. (laughs) Because we have a singular, we have a a lone consciousness When you're saying we're supposed to have a collective consciousness You're supposed to see yourself I'm supposed to see the divinity in me and the divinity in you And our divinity together And and as you were seeing the trees and the soil and the air And all that stuff that you just said We're we're not separated You are the universe
0: Right Pretending to be Pete Holmes (laughs) Good choice, universe What what is this is You're God in drag (laughs)
1: didn't uh i think rupaul actually you know who rupaul is the famous drag person he said we're all in drag he said something very similar he must have gotten it uh from you no no he got it from me there you go because we're god in drag yes and we're all so that was a, a weird idea for me uh when i first encountered that because i learned as a christian that the first blasphemy was to call yourself god to say that i was god that i had god in me you were supposed to say that i am separate from god and and most you know world religions have some aspect of that but then when i heard some people saying things like i've heard you say like uh your book the three Jesuses, mm, third jesus the yeah. third jesus i'm sorry talking about realizing you are god or realizing the divinity in you and realizing the divinity in me
0: but you know i mean jesus didn't speak in english he spoke in Aramaic, right. and if you look, talk to Aramaic scholars, they say that when Jesus says, you know, there's the famous line that everybody quotes, John, "No one shall come into the way." I'm the way, that the the way. Yeah. But I, in Aramaic, the I that he refers to in Aramaic is uh, translated by many scholars as "ena ena," which means the eye within the eye. Okay, so it's the eye, the universal eye, that transcends all ego eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesus talking about himself not as a person, but as the cosmic spirit. Yes. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> that's a whole different take, right? Okay, if you understand. Yes. Now, <laughs> yes. if somebody decided to translate that into English, uh, you know, King James says, okay, translate it, guys. And, you know, they had like 16 times the revised it before it finally right. was approved by somebody in England. Right. And now we all take that as the gospel. Right, right, right. But we have no idea what, you know, he was saying. I mean there are many passages in the New Testament, when you start to look at them you start to wonder, you know, I am in you, you are in me, I and the Father are one. What does it all mean? It's mm. you know, it's a metaphorical language Of his time, Mm -hmm. but if I am in you, you are in me, and I and the divine are one. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Yeah,
1: right there. (laughs) But what about your instincts? See, I'm fascinated by you know someone like you that reads those religious texts, and then through your own practice, through your meditation, and through your study, you started to follow your own yearning, going, "I think there's more to this," and "I think that." in itself is divine. that the process of going from one thing that you were told maybe when you were young, and saying I'm going to continue this exploration just as I'm hoping to do, just as a lot of people are hoping.
0: Well, you know, religion, I think organized religion is kind of following somebody's experience and spirituality saying, how can I have the experience myself? Mm, Right. Again, Jesus in one passage says, all things that I do so can you do and more. Right. Um, you're familiar with that am, expression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All things that I do, you can do, and more. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's all this stuff is there right. if you care to look at it. But right? as Jesus says, over before over. Abraham was, I am. Right. Okay, what does I am mean? He, he didn't say I am Jesus or I'm Pete Holmes or I'm Deepak Chopra. <laughs>
1: I am applies to all of us. Right. Uh-huh. God, it's just so fun to talk about no. this stuff. You still enjoy it? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> me too. It's like comedy well, for me. I'm also obsessed with it. But that, that is so exciting, that, that idea that we can take those texts and see them with new eyes. Yes. That's how I felt when I started meditating and when I started allowing myself to kind of go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You love talking about infinite possibility. Mm-hmm. When I took away the restraints of here things that are blasphemous... Here are things that you, you're not allowed to think. Here are the things that you've been told. Once I got rid of all the furniture in the room, I was able to move it back into a way that made more sense with my instincts, with, my, right. with, with what I felt. Now when I look at the, the Jesus story, I sometimes look at it as a calling for all of us to die to our own egos. Perfect. Christ died, and
0: that's the resurrection. And, and be resurrected. Yeah, that's, right? absolutely. That and even the virgin birth. Right. Is, is to be born anew in the light of purity, right. uncontaminated. Right. You know. So death, resurrection, the virgin birth, they're all totally understandable. And by the way, <laughs> they're there in other religions.
1: Well, I was going to say, why do these themes keep coming up? Yeah. Virgin birth, sinless life, physical right. death and resurrection, three days down. Correct. I understand that there's astrological implications mm-hmm. going on and, and, and certainly metaphors. And, but I... We've often talked about the idea that if everybody died except a couple babies, 2,000 years we're going to have these stories again. Yes. You know, after we get language, maybe many thousands of years mm-hmm. later, uh, the babies are going to have to learn how to talk. <laughs> but we're going to have those stories because they're imprinted on us. We want we want redemption. We want to be unified and reunited with our true purpose. You talk about, when I hear you talking about meditation, some people do it and we... Uh, Relax. Some people do it, and they seem to cross over. When I learned TM, we were going around the room, and everybody was like, "Why are you here?" And somebody was like, "I'm stressed." Somebody was like, "I can't sleep." Somebody, "I work too much." And then I, I, I was one on one, and I was like, uh, "I want to, I want to cross over." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this, of this veil. And you talk about going in so deep that I mean, you're talking about feeling a oneness with the universe, with this divine energy that created everything, passing. Through you, those aren't your words, but is that something that you've been able to experience? Yes. <laughs> yes. And regularly, is it is it still a special thing? I think thing? most of the time. Really? Yeah. Most of the time, meaning now? Yes. Now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) like pray Uh, without ceasing it's always always happening it's always there's a sense
0: of connection yes
1: and then when you meditate is that something are you okay I guess when I'm meditating my desire to cross over and and having taken uh, psilocybin magic mushrooms or whatever and feeling that death of ego and feeling that unified consciousness then I was like well I would like to feel that way all of the time I don't want to eat something and feel that way I believe that this is a true state. I really feel like I should be amazed at the clouds and an airplane and a tree and, and my brother and my sister and all these people. So that's why I wanted to start meditating, to get to that place of feeling connected.
0: Well, there's uh, stages of development. You see, there is um, ordinary consciousness, which basically recycles itself between dreams, sleep, and wakefulness. hmm because most people are going through that Through their entire life And even their wakefulness is a dream Because they're not present Their mind is in the past or the future And then it's over Okay <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like They're biological robots And you know their life is in the, Basically they repeat The cycle of their parents And they, their parents and right, right, There's right. very little evolution but then, for some people, there's a glimpse of the soul, and when they have that, there's no going back. They're this. They feel okay. You know, what I see is is perceptual, mm-hmm. but now I know what is giving rise to this perceptual. Mm-hmm. You know, that which can't be seen, but without which there is no seeing. <laughs> that which can't be heard, but without which there's no hearing. Yes. Okay? And that's being. That's the spirit. Okay? If you abide in this, and there are ways to accelerate that. Maybe I'll talk about it in the course. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking what I should talk about. Now you're giving me the idea. Oh, <laughs> well, great. Okay? So there's something called soul consciousness. But then if you can stay in that, even in sleep and dreams then you enter something called cosmic consciousness, which is that you become the silent witness of yourself in waking, dreaming, and sleeping. Mm -hmm. And when you're witnessing your body and waking, dreaming, and sleeping, you also have the alert kind of recognition. Since I'm observing that body in sleeping, dreaming, and waking, I'm not it, I'm the observer
1: of it, right? Uh, You're observing the thinker.
0: Yeah, you're observing the thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if that becomes dominant all the time, waking, dreaming, sleeping, that is cosmic consciousness. Because in a sense, as the Christians would say, you're in the world, but not of it. Mm. Okay, you're kind of the lamp at the door. You can look inside and look at outside also. (laughs) Right. Now, if you pay attention to that, that leads to something even more remarkable which is divine consciousness or God consciousness which means that I look at an object of perception like I look at that flower or that plant. Yeah. But you know, on one level it's just a plant. On another level it's rainbows and sunshine and earth and water and wind and air and the infinite void, the Big Bang and the whole universe which at this moment appears to be a plant. Okay. Now, if I can observe the presence in there that I feel in here, and if I can commune with it, then in divine consciousness, this is the realm of miracles. Yes. Okay, because now I'm speaking to the divine. In every object of my perception, God is not difficult to find. God is impossible to avoid. Because wherever I go, there it is. Yes. That same presence. Yes. And then there's something even beyond that, which is the full waking up, which is I suddenly find that this spirit in me and the spirit in all these objects of my perception is not only the same spirit, it is one spirit. And this separation was actually a misperception all along. Yes. There's one spirit, and the whole universe is its projection... And I'm that. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a kind of a surprise. Yes. And you said, why didn't I know that before? Yes. Okay, but so each stage transcends, but includes the previous one. Yes. So you can say, oh, that's interesting. Right. You know, was I there? And now it's like, you know, in you're driving on the highway, you to get out of the parking lot, <clears throat> you speed up gradually, and suddenly you're going at 70 miles an hour. And you didn't notice the acceleration, right. but it was there.
1: Right. right, right. <clears throat> Do you have an active uh, dream life? I've noticed a real parallel between uh, people who dream a lot and have a relationship with their dreams and people who seem to be open.
0: You <laughs> know, I witness my dream. I have precognitive dreams. <clears throat> if I don't like the dream, I can redirect it. You know, so you like, lose a dream. Yeah. You're, you're, that's you're, part yeah. of the witnessing process.
1: Right. That is what I'm talking about. When you're dreaming, and you realize you're dreaming, there's a feeling that's similar to when you're alive and you realize you're dreaming. <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a very fascinating dream. I'm, I want to I tell you something. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. yeah. So, one time, so I lucid dream. And I notice when I realize I'm dreaming, I start getting really excited. Uh, so I have to calm my dreaming body, this body. I have to calm it down. So in the dream... I'll try and almost meditate, like center myself, and slow the breath of this host body, the thing that is hosting the dream, my reality. And I go, I have to calm the dreaming Pete right now. And when I do, let's say I'm dreaming I'm in this office, suddenly I'll see the titles on these books. I'll see the grain of of the wood on the desk. All the details come up. If If I don't calm him down, I get too excited, my heart rate accelerates, and I wake up. Similarly, one time when I was meditating, I was like, I wonder if I can calm down in that same way, whatever it is that's dreaming me. You know what I mean? Whatever this whatever the source of this reality is, if I can be calm and not accelerate it and just be still with it, if I can see the detail the way that I do when I'm dreaming. Does that make sense? It totally makes
0: sense. <laughs> and you should
1: you what should be
0: didn't? actually <laughs> just if you pay attention to that idea you'll start having the experience. And then you'll right. also notice that the peat your Trying to calm down is also part of the dream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's no beat. Yeah, yeah. There's no beat. No beat. No beat. No complete. So tell me about pre. I don't mean to be. No, there's only God. Yes,
0: that's bottom line. Is there's only God. Everything else is a kind of a is a localized perception Right of the divine Yes And you know right now if you believe the Kepler experiments and all the data that's coming from Kepler the telescope You'll, you'll have, have to data. tell me Well according to the data and according to a lot of astrophysicists they now believe that there are 10 to the power of 22 <laughs> which means 10 followed by 22 zeros mm-hmm habitable planets (laughs) in the universe 60 billion habitable planets in the milky way galaxy come on and probably 10 to the power of 32 if they're habitable yeah then 10 to the power of 32 humanoid species (laughs) which means human-like some more advanced some less which means star trek
1: We're about to live in Star
0: We're Trek. To <laughs> so, and then it makes the whole thing so bizarre because let's say, let's say you're in a, some other galaxy, right? And you've got the, you've got the technology to look at Earth right now, but yes. you're a few billion light years away, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you think if you are looking at the Earth right now, they're going to see Pete Holmes and uh, Deepak Chopra? Right. No. No. Depending on how far they are, they're going to see dinosaurs, and if they're even. Further back, they're just going to see a bunch of rocks. Yeah, ooze. So they say, you know, this is just a bunch of rocks. Somebody else, no, there are dinosaurs over there, you know. Somebody else, oh, you know, see what happened? The dinosaurs went extinct. And as a result, there's this new species emerging. Huh? And so <laughs> that, that is unbelievable. Okay, now, yes. if we had the technology to look in these distant places, right. and it seems like we were. Right then what we see is probably not what is happening right now, but a few billion years ago. Yes. Okay? So then you ask, which one is the real version? What is now? And the answer is, now depends on where you are. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) And where you are is actually not even... doesn't even make sense... In a non-local universe. (laughs) The whole thing is totally absurd.
1: And that's why God laughs. That's why God laughs. (laughs)
0: See, God is the ultimate trickster. Yeah. You know, when you talk about archetypes and all this, the one archetype that you can never figure out is the trickster, right? And you're always trying to figure out how does he pull his magic trick? okay that's when you watch, watch these guys in Las Vegas right. you wonder right? right how is he doing it well the universe is the ultimate magic show because we don't even understand the simplest thing <laughs> you know what the simplest thing is what is that how do we experience anything okay right now when you look at this room or you look at me all that's happening is a photon is going into your eyes Yes. The photon has no color, no mass. Okay? It goes into your eyes. It sends an electrical current to your brain. Voila! You see a three-dimensional universe in space-time. How does that trick get pulled off? If you ask cognitive scientists, they say that's the ultimate mystery. It's called the hard question and the hard problem. We have no idea how electrical currents going to the brain give us this. the experience of three-dimensional <laughs> reality in space-time including what uh, Brian Green is looking at the universe. Right. No idea how that happens. <laughs> including okay. looking into the telescope. Including looking yeah. into the telescope. <laughs> now there are some scientists including Richard Feynman who said uh, the whole universe could be a single photon. A single photon. Hmm. Because a photon as a wave is spread out across infinity. Yeah. Okay, so the same photon is hitting your eyes, my eyes, and for the photon, because it travels at the speed of light, there is no time. Okay, so while here I am saying, "Oh, universe was born thirteen point eight billion years ago," yeah, for the photon, it's now, <laughs> and will always be now.
1: The one photon. Theory. The one photon. Theory. This is this is just Richard
0: a uh, Feynman. Uh, got a telephone call from what's his name, John Wheeler, who was his. PhD advisor, and these are the biggest scientists ever. Yeah. Okay, and this is the kind of conversation. He said the whole universe could be a single photon.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Why not? And then it gives rise. Now, if I so we can't explain perceptual experience. Yeah. We have no idea how an electrical current going to my brain creates the sound of Deepak Chopra, (laughs) okay? Or a photon going into my brain creates pink t-shirt or whatever right. orange t-shirt i'm wearing a pink t-shirt okay <laughs> whatever <laughs> color yeah. you have no idea okay yeah, yeah. but we also have no idea of how we experience uh, mental activity so if i'd say um, think of a red sunset uh, on the ocean can you think of one can Got you see it. an image killing it okay where's that photo right if i go into your brain do you think i'll see a right. sunset on the ocean
1: you are more than the sum of your parts this, the idea of your soul—we can't find it in your finger or your or your hair. But
0: nor can we find a thought, imagination, right, intention, right. creativity, insight, intuition, right, uh, mental experience, physical reality—no explanation.
1: <laughs> I kind of think that's what I keep going back to, as I'm like, that's my what is this? And sort of
0: yet, by the way, without an explanation, we create technologies, right? Which are also mind-boggling. You know, th- yesterday I was on a plane from uh, uh, Colombia.
1: Yeah, I saw on your Instagram that you were traveling. I was like, oh,
0: he's, yeah, it's uh, a jet set. Yeah, so I'm in, and I'm on the plane. Yeah, thirty-six thousand feet above um, sea level. Yeah, my plane is going at five hundred miles an hour. The Earth is spinning on its axis, axis at a yep. dizzying speed yep. and hurtling through space at thousands of miles an hour. Right, and I send a tweet to 1.9 million people. Okay, and I said, "Hey guys, this is an amazing thing. I'm right. just I'm just you know pressing a little thing on my my computer yeah. uh, on the plane which yeah. has a Wi-Fi." Yeah and it's going to 1.9 million people and then people are responding f- to me from a bus in calcutta right from a train in south africa right okay from some guy who's depressed in right. montana right etc all the while my plane is surfing uh, the clouds above the clouds <laughs> the earth is spinning it's hurtling through space the galaxy is expanding and the whole uh, Milky Way is spinning too.
1: Never mind that we could go inward too and say subatomically you were also nowhere, you were mostly empty space and the chair you were sitting on was empty space. The
0: universe is boundless outward in the cosmos boundless inward in the atom in fact, (laughs) you know I just finished a book called Mind Brain Cosmos for 30 40 scientists, it's about it's about 900 pages long. Uh, <laughs> wow. And so I asked each of the scientists that I selected to give me one sentence for their entire scientific, scientific, um, whatever the specialty was. Right, their endeavor. The, their endeavor. Yeah. So I asked the quantum scientist that I selected for the book. He's like the best in the world. Yeah. One of the best in the world. I said, one sentence. And you know what his sentence Please was? Please me. He said, there are no boundaries. There are no boundaries. Period. <laughs> Every boundary is notational. Notational means we make it up. So when I say, <laughs> meet me at the corner of Broadway and 56th. Yeah. We made it up, right? We agreed. Now we can meet there. Right. But in fact, there's no boundary. Right. Latitude and longitude... Is no boundary. Yes. Right? Yes. But we create it and then we navigate around our creation. Right. And then we think it's real. Right. Okay, when in fact the whole thing was boundless to
1: begin with. (laughs) I do find the more I open myself up, I literally was talking about this today, I was talking about when I got divorced. I thought back to when I was 22 and I was married. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, I just felt like a smaller person. I was physically the same size, but everything felt smaller. And the more I open up and the more I I hear things like this and the boundless possibilities and stuff, the bigger I feel, the more the world looks like a train set to me.
0: Your world is a direct projection of your sense of self. That's right. And if your sense of self is boundless, then your possibilities are infinite. (laughs) And does that go? Oh, s- no? no, I was also... You know, the other thing, I had this very interesting insight yesterday. So, I just said all boundaries are notational. Yes. We make them up. Now, here's another principle in quantum physics. By the way, quantum physics is a mathematical... You know... Right. Is a mathematical theory. Yes. Quantum mechanics is a mathematical theory. Nobody questions the... Mathematics, Schrödinger's equation, nobody questions that. Right. What they question is interpretation. So there are ten different interpretations, the most popular one being Copenhagen, but there are lots of others, decoherence, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is clear is a subatomic particle, which is the smallest unit of anything that can, you can observe. or a what a
1: I think that's what they call us. Yeah, quarks. The smallest subatomic particle.
0: Yeah, quarks. But let's even say other subatomic particles. Sure. If they're not being observed, or if they're not interacting with other particles, then they disappear. And disappear into what? They disappear into waves. Now the particle itself is something you can measure right it is measurable it has units of mass and energy yeah but a wave has no units of mass and energy so you say what is it a wave of and the answer you are given is it's a wave of possibilities then you say where is this wave of possibilities and the answer you are given is it's in hilbert space you say where is hilbert space this is mathematical You say, where is that mathematical space? And they finally say, shut up and calculate because they don't know the answer. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you talk to really good people who think about it, you know, most corporate scientists, as I like to call them, you know, (laughs) corporate scientists, yes, academics. (laughs) You know, the corporate scientists, they are getting salaries. They get, uh, you know, what do you call, grants. Mm-hmm. They get tenure. Mm-hmm. And that is if they can keep doing regular science, not think outside the box, and keep producing new technology. It's like
1: working for the tobacco company to prove in the 60s that they're not bad for you.
0: Yeah. But, so, but if you think outside the box, then it starts getting very strange. You say, what are these possibility waves? And I asked people. You know, ask good scientists, we have a conference coming up, Sages and Scientists. Yeah. You're welcome to come. I'd like to come. And, you know, you can even crack a few jokes. <laughs> I'll come up and be silly. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> We'd love to do that. But, you know, they'll say the waves are actually just numbers. They're ratios of numbers. Yeah. And so, but numbers don't have any physical existence.
1: Right. That's just something we agreed on, kind of. I know, I know they
0: work. But. They work. But so yesterday I'm at the airport and the girl is punching in numbers and then she gives me my my uh um, ticket, ticket pass. And and then I get into the plane and I punch in numbers and I'm on Twitter. The whole thing is a numbers game. Yeah. Okay? And the, the whole thing is a numbers game in consciousness. It actually goes back to Pythagoras. Pythagoras said the universe is all it is in numbers. Okay? <laughs> So, if you look at some of the science that's coming out from MIT right now, from Tegmark, yeah, he has a theory of consciousness. He says the universe is a mathematical structure, period. So I actually wrote to him. I said, mathematical structure, where? <laughs> <laughs> where is mathematics? Yeah, and you realize it's an activity in consciousness. Right. Where else is it? Okay. So the universe is a basically a mathematical workshop in God's mind. It's in, a, a, in a mind. It needs a, a mind. mind.
1: Math needs a mind to exist inside That's of it. Otherwise, it's a number, and a number is not anything unless you're thinking the number.
0: And also, the ratios of numbers have to be precise. They're called cosmological constants. Yes. And they have to be precise to a decimal ratio for this to happen. Right. So if we're in God's
1: mind, which I'm totally hip to, <laughs> mm-hmm. is... It, does that go back to the joke? Is it nonsense? Is it, is it nonsense or is there something noble going on? Is there a purpose? I know that's the big well, question. Look
0: at the word nonsense. Just cut it up into two. Nonse- non- yeah. sense. It transcends sensory experience. Because we actually have no idea how these senses sending electrical currents to the brain conjure up this magical universe. <laughs> I'm
1: never going to stop okay? thinking about that.
0: Yes. So it is nonsense. Okay, <laughs> yeah. because it transcends the senses. Yes, it's the ultimate magic show. Right. You see, I, you talk to. I go to these conferences where we talk about these science conferences. They say you can explain it all the way to the final step. Mm. Photon hits the eyes, chemical reaction in the eyes, chemical reaction, electrical current to the brain, chemistry in the brain, and then the miracle. Mm -hmm. Final step is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Always.
1: A big (laughs) jump. A big jump. (laughs) Can I? Oh, sorry. No. Do you think, I feel like there's people that hear about something amazing. Let's take something kind of simple and basic new agey thing. Someone bends a spoon with their mind. Let's say that you see that. I honestly feel like there's something in our brains that erases phenomena. In the way that a woman has a part of her brain that erases the trauma of childbirth, I feel like we're all hitting delete on a lot of inconvenient things. A lot of inconvenient miracles, a lot of inconvenient... Uh, like you're talking about... I told you when you were on the TV show, one of your assistants said that she was trying to get a hold of you in Africa, right? And that she meditated and, and yelled, Deepak, call me, and then you called her. And, and she said, how did you know? And you said, I just knew. Okay, uh, some people delete that story by going, "It's it's bullshit. That's not true." That's one way of deleting it. Some people do believe it. This group I find more interesting do believe it, but then don't know where to file it in their beliefs, so they just kind of shred it or hit delete on it for that reason. And then there's people like me who are completely open to it and even do believe it, but like don't even know what to do with that. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like there's something the brain likes to do, which is get rid of the stuff you're talking about. Get rid of miracles. Uh, The Founding Fathers put out a a version of the Bible that had no miracles (laughs) because those are the most inconvenient things for us to deal with. Do you find that people have a resistance if you say you have precognitive dreams and I hear that and then some people listening to this podcast right now are going, well, that's just not true and I'm going to move past that.
0: There's a phenomenon (coughs) that psychologists call premature cognitive commitment. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you Premature cognitive commitment. Commitment. So, uh, let me give you a very gross example. Please. Um, obvious example. If you take kittens and you grow them up, in, or grow them, you bring them up sure. in an environment that has only horizontal stripes. Okay, so you paint all these walls with horizontal stripes. Everything is horizontal. Yes. When they grow up, they can only see a horizontal world. You take another group of kittens. You bring them up in a room that has vertical stripes. When they grow up, they can only see a vertical world. And why is that? Because the initial experience they have wires the brain in a way that it only reinforces the experience they've already had. And it wires the brain in such a way they don't have the connections between neurons to see any other stimuli. Now, my belief is that our childhood beliefs and prejudices, which we inherit from our culture, from our parents, From media, from other people, from the prevailing conversation, from the prevailing scientific paradigm, the prevailing story—that creates a brain that edits out everything that doesn't reinforce what everybody believes in. That's premature cognitive commitment, and we're stuck in it. And we're like prisoners, (laughs) but we don't even have the desire to get out because we don't see the prison walls. Yes, the brain has now created connections that reinforce the common belief system. What is reality? Reality at all times being boundless is infinite possibilities. Okay, so we are collapsing infinite possibilities into personal, collective... We are under the hypnosis of social conditioning.
1: I thought you were going to say into a Starbucks. I really did. We're taking infinite possibilities Mm. and all all those photos... I'm just picturing photons because yeah. you said photons earlier and folding them and going, no, this is a Starbucks. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But see, you're
0: totally right. Yeah. you know the fall from grace? Yeah. The tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil? Yeah. It really is as soon as you start labeling things. Yeah. Okay, you say this is good, this is bad. That's a tree. That's a giraffe, (laughs) that's a dog, that's That's a human species. Okay, now you label it, what you've done is you've separated it from everything else. Yes. When all of that is a flowing universe. Yes. Okay, and when you perceive something, when you perceive something, you actually freeze the possibilities into that particular object. Right. But the universe has moved on so it's like you take a photo every act is like uh, every act of perception is like taking a photograph okay so in every act of perception you take photographs of a moving universe you say this, that, this, that this is reality yeah so I go to the ocean I take a photo of a seagull and then big wave and beautiful sunset I said look I, this is what the ocean is. You say, "Let's go look at it." By the time we go look at it, it's long it's gone. Not long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, when I'm seeing Pete, I'm taking a photo of Pete, but Pete is the total universe in motion. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But so is everything
1: else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Not a compliment. Choice. So every
0: time I perceive I take a photo. Yeah. And that photo is this body. Yeah. Okay, a long time ago that photo was a baby's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is another body. So I'm taking a series of photos and then I'm confusing the photo with the real thing. Mm-hmm. And the real thing is the Has universe. Moved on. The universe in motion
1: forever. That was an improv exercise in the, Keith Johnstone wrote this book called Impro. And one of his exercises to have his students, it was one of my first kind of tricks to getting into a more transcendent state. He didn't put it that way, but I realized that's what it was, was to look look around the room and point at things and call them something else. Go, this is, this notebook is a banana. This is a quidgy bow. Uh, your computer is, you know, is pancakes. I must be hungry. But you see what I'm saying? And then he was like, when you're done doing that, colors will be more vivid everything's vibrant essentially he said it without saying it you'll be present so it's yeah. interesting that you're right once you start labeling it you start so this.
0: what is this oh well this is wood <laughs> what is this oh, it's a tree <laughs> what is this it's an ecosystem you know it's yeah. rainbows it's sunshine it's earth it's water it's all the f- insects in the earth yeah. Yeah, yeah. what is it it's the universe
1: yeah it's quirks if we it's go quirks, in yeah. or we go out, like yeah, you sir. do. Yeah, 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 So,
0: But, you know, we say, oh, so, "What you know, do you think a dog would call this a desk? <laughs> and is he wrong? <laughs> you know, and is he wrong? Do you think the dog in the White House knows that Obama is the president of the country <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, is making a decision about uh, uh, Iraq, right? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Do you think the dog cares? Right. But dog is a living species, I you know, it's the labels we give. Right. That's the fall from grace. Yes. We lost our connection with God the moment we started judging and evaluating yes. and
1: analyzing and all of that. I did a bit on stage the other night, first time, and I bet you'll like it. The, the observation was a friend of mine told me he had to cover up his fireplace, glass fireplace, because his little dog would go nuts and see his reflection and yap at it thinking it was another dog he was like small dogs are like that a bigger dog doesn't do that but with a small dog you got to cover up the reflection and all i took from that was that some dogs do understand that it's their reflection that they go oh yeah waves of uh waves and particles of light are traveling through the glass but they're also projecting back at me and i'm a dog and that's my reflection and i won't bark at it that was more crazy to me that, that the dog would understand. They should all be barking at the reflection. Not it's a understand.
0: big mystery. Isn't it? It's a big mystery. But here's a bigger mystery. When that dog barks, and you hear the bark, does it sound the same to the dog? I have to assume no, right? No, because it's a different brain, right? <laughs> right. When a, when a bird sings, and you hear its sound, or a crow caws, and you hear the sound... You think the bird's brain is hearing the same sound? Yeah, we that's... have no idea what it's hearing. And yet we communicate. Right. The thing is, it's like we're in a virtual game arcade. Right. Okay, where I throw my tennis ball in the virtual tennis game. It goes into the belly of the computer. Yeah. With the belly of the computer, th- throws out some, uh, you know, plus minus uh, uh, electrical impulses. Yeah. Then it crosses over to your side of the... Uh, uh, virtual my reality your reality yeah now you create your own tennis ball and you hit it back
1: and I have to hit it back
0: and you had it beaten back we're all basically in a virtual arcade we call it the universe (laughs) and these bodies are the virtual avatars yeah of that virtual arcade right the real as Rumi the poet said the real reality is behind the curtain in truth we are not here this is our shadow wow so, you know, there's a new theory of cognition. It says, when I, when I put on my computer, so I see all these icons, right? Yeah. Uh, let's assume my desktop has many icons. Right. Amazon, the Pete Holmes show, this, that, <laughs> the other. Oh, thank you. Okay, now I click on the icon, and it opens a reality for me, right? Yeah. If I'm not a computer expert, and mostly I don't care, I just want the damn thing to work. <laughs> I don't know that the real action is in the belly of the computer, with the zeros and ones with mathematical precision that open up these worlds. Yes. Like that, we have what some cognitive scientists call a qualia vocabulary in our consciousness. Mm. It's the icons on our interface. On our... Of reality. Of
1: reality. Not of a computer.
0: Yeah. Here. Of reality. Mm-hmm. And these icons interact with the belly of the cosmic computer to create our version of perceptual reality.
1: Mm. That's great. Hmm? I
0: love it. Yeah. <laughs> and these 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 icons, these qualia icons, are species-specific, but they could be culture-specific. Right. Or you create your own. Then you'll be either a sage or a psychotic or a genius. Right.
1: But you know, he, so. Essentially I think what you're saying also is that you and I potentially could have a different vocabulary for understanding the universe. So mm-hmm. my voice certainly I'm hearing my voice from the muffled interior mm-hmm. of my own skull. So it sounds I, I hear my voice on record and mm-hmm. I, it sounds different. But like you could be seeing this office differently. Just like I said when I felt smaller when I was married when I was twenty two, nothing's changed, it's just my perception. So we all have different perceptions. Some of us are seeing things You know, like maybe a whale would see it, or is the way that you see it? Yeah. I should have said other humans, but, you know, people are different.
0: Yeah. Or you say, what does this room look like? What does this room look like? Right. Well, from here it looks like that. Right. From there
1: it looks something else. Well, that's the thing, is I'm colorblind. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me. A doctor told me I'm colorblind, but I don't know what he's talking about. Like, your shirt could be a very, very dark uh, blue. I I know that it's like a washed-out black. Mm -hmm. Because... I've noticed that that's what people say that that is. That's it. Label. I labeled it. So I just changed in my brain the color that I can't see is probably black, yeah. even though it looks like a washed-out right. blue to me. Yeah. You know it's, what a mean? it's a word. It's just
0: a word. So that's. And first there was the
1: word, and the word was made into flesh, yeah. and the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was God. <laughs> what about, where does the grossness come in? My, my own spiritual walk was, was forged a little bit in fear. And I think a lot of people are that way. I think a lot of people that I was just sitting next to in in your conference center here are looking for a release from fear, shame, judgment, guilt. We all want redemption. We all want to know that the infinite loving force that created this doesn't also want to destroy us, or if you were like me, consciously and eternally torment me, because I like to say, motherfucker or whatever it is that I do, because I shoplift, or, you know, look at pornography. People are... It's such a...
0: If there are 10 to the power of 32 humanoids and 10 to the power of 22 habitable planets out there, well, that's a lot of work for God to worry about, whether you're, you know, you swore or looked at pornography or whatever, <laughs> you know? It's too... Uh, I don't think... The divine is bothered with anything other than the magnificence of diversity. Yeah. And because uh, it's infinite, diversity must include everything. Well,
1: that's interesting because I'm drawn to diversity. Somebody that grew up one way, mm-hmm. I learned to open my heart and my mind and be really intoxicated by l- other people, like their perspectives. The universe
0: perspectives. is set up for maximum diversity. <laughs> and it's infinite. Right. It'll never
1: end. It's like a never-ending horizon. It doesn't want to homogenize everybody believes the same thing. No. That really does sound like hell. I'm not yeah. saying that to be funny. Everybody yeah. believing the same thing in one area. Yeah, and which if is... you have
0: the traditional concept of heaven, then it's a perpetual Sunday school forever. You'd right. be bored to death.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, a pretty early observation, I remember, I don't know if it was a comedian or what, being like, hell sounds like where all the good people are going, all the yeah. interesting people are going. <laughs> That's right. But the idea of being with all the people that didn't smoke or drink or cuss or whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of were polite doesn't sound like that much of a good time mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not worried. You, you've liberated yourself. I, I, I've seen your talks and I, I've seen your documentaries and stuff, your, your son's documentary, mm-hmm. and you talk about not being afraid of dying. Which I think is an enviable thing.
0: See, you have to die every day to your previous identity. The (laughs) child that you were is dead. There's a part of (laughs) it that's there. You're right. But the body, the emotions, the mindset is gone. Okay? Even the person you were yesterday, now as a result of this conversation, slightly different. That's right. So, so it's gone. Where is yesterday now? It's a dream, right? So... Everything's dying. Buddha Everything. said the world is on fire. Yeah. Right? So when you, you know, what did St. Paul say? Die unto death. Okay? So if you can die to the past in every moment and embrace the unknown in every moment, because the un- we live and breathe in the unknown. Yeah. Okay? The known is the past. It's not there. Right. Okay, so we pretend that we're living in the known while in this moment we are actually stepping into the unknown.
1: Okay? <laughs> if you can live like that, there's no death. Right. It, letting, it's like almost like there is no death because everything is because kind you're of
0: transforming. Death. Every right, moment right, right. you're dying and resurrecting. Right. Every moment. And there's no fixed identity. Right. The fixed identity comes from holding on to the continuity of memory. Mm. So there's a phrase, I use memories, I don't allow memories to use me.
1: I like that. Okay, I think that's interesting. I don't know if I can do that. I, I, I know that because my... Because when you're allowing
0: memories to use you, then you're a victim. When right. you use memories, you're a creator. I need memories to find my way home. But, you know, that's good enough for me. Right. But to oh my mother did this to me and my father did this to me. Right. Or my religion did this to me or the government did this to me or the communists did this to me. Right. What a waste of energy. Right. Energy you could be using yeah. to move past yeah. it. or to be the, the source, right, rather than to be the effect.
1: Right. I want you to tell me a tripped out meditation story. I've, I've called friends of mine, I've meditated, I've done uh, tapping and different things. And honestly, some of the uh, things that I've done that have gotten me into a really present state haven't necessarily been structured meditation. It's been a little bit more what I would consider a freestyle, just trying to absorb everything around me. And then I had to call my friend because I was like, I stopped meditating and I opened my eyes and I was shocked. I was shocked at what I saw, my own bedroom suddenly became so beautiful you know what i mean the 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 ripples in my bed sheet looked like a mountain range and and the light coming in uh through the window was just the most breathtaking thing and i wanted to touch everything i felt like an alien who had just arrived you know what i mean and i couldn't believe like realizing you're dreaming that i got to touch a table and oh, oh my god this feels exactly like a table and the floor i was barefoot the tiles were cool and all that sort of stuff that is level one. I, I am a beginner. Can you, without tipping the great mystic mystery and all the work you've done, you, is there some story you can tell me? Well, my first experience
0: a long time ago with this LSD. <laughs> and, you know, what it did was, first of all, it, it shifted mm-hmm. me to the archetypal world of the culture that I came from. So I was with Krishna and all these beautiful women and (laughs) celestial world and, you know, and in the beginning I was totally taken by it. The music, the sensuousness of it, the sexuality of it, the color, the music, the the whole thing. And then the thought even while I was there occurred to me, hey, you know, uh, it's beautiful, but I could get bored here. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You know, because everything is so good. Yeah. You know, there's no contrast. Yeah. So, I have learned over the years to shift my awareness to wherever I want to be. Okay, then I can do that in dreams, but I can do that in waking too. Hmm. So, I can shift my awareness to create at least the experience I want. Even perceptually, this this room could be shimmering right now if I wanted it to shimmer. You have mescaline, huh? <laughs> I have not tried mescaline. I no, like I meant it's like, like, <laughs> like ayahuasca and all. You give but it you, experience.
1: that that seems. I haven't done mescaline either. But in reading about it,
0: yeah,
1: uh, they talked about a vividness and a shimmeringness to a room. But you're saying that is something voluntary that you could do. Infinite worlds come
0: and go in the vast expanse of consciousness. They're like motes of dust dancing in a beam of light. And now our astrophysicists are telling, yeah, it could be like that. But what they think is these worlds are actually out there in space-time when, in fact, they're frequency domains of consciousness.
1: Like tuning into a different frequency, like radio head.
0: Sure. You know, you have all these channels on your television set you turn into this one
1: and all the others are there right now you found the remote
0: <laughs> I know how to switch on the remote
1: yeah so do you do that for fun that seems like a question directly from my ego and, and from just a bored human that's looking no, for stimulation you no know,
0: my goal right now is you know they say in the eastern wisdom tradition and I totally relate to it that there are four or five five reasons for human suffering one is not knowing the true nature of reality is uh, clinging to that which is impermanent or having the longing for permanence in a world that's inherently
1: impermanent. That's what you said on the TV show. Okay. Yeah.
0: Third is afraid of impermanence. Fourth is identifying with your ego self, which doesn't exist. And fifth is the fear of death. And actually, they're all related to one, the first cause. Yeah. Which is not knowing. What is real? Huh. If you can see it, touch it, taste it, smell it, if you can imagine it, conceptualize it, visualize it, it's not real. Then what is real? That without which you cannot see, touch,
1: conceptualize, imagine. So everything that I think is real isn't real, but the stuff that I can't, that that's true reality? The True reality is that which allows you to think.
0: True reality is that which allows you to see. What is that? That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the spirit. You know, in the New Testament, it is the spirit that quickeneth. you familiar with that phrase? I don't know that one, no. That's in John, I think. It's the spirit that quickeneth. It's the spirit that gives rise to this world. It's and if you anchor yourself there, then you see this as your play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you let go of some of those five, Right. I mean yeah, the, I might go them. They do seem related. Yet my fear are. of impermanence and my fear of death. Yeah, seem but very related. what
0: is listen, if everything was permanent, this would be a museum. Right.
1: That's right. We would be all fossils, living mummies in a museum. Well my friend Duncan Trussell talked about if we were all spirits in the, you know, pre material place and we wanted to play a game or see a play, you wouldn't pick the one that lasted forever. You would want the one and you'd also not pick the one that had only good scenes in it. <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. Like you on your trip, you didn't. You could get bored. Yeah. With with the beautiful blue women. Correct. <laughs> Let me ask you. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. We've got an okay. we've got an hour, so you're already you are free to say we are done. Obviously, Add you know something
0: that. coming up, but that's okay.
1: Then let's let's do a speed round. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel more or less spiritual? And the reason I ask is. There's some days I get up and I'm like, all I want to do is gaze inside and find the connection. And then there are days when I wake up and I'm just like, grumpy. I feel stuck. I resent that I'm in the body and in this world. I put it this way, I'm a pretty great person as long as all of my needs are getting met. You know what I mean? Hungry, sleepy, tired, horny, all the things we talked about gets in the way of feeling a a, a unity with the universe. I don't
0: have bad days or grumpy days because... Essentially, I don't mind what happens. <laughs> you know?
1: You've, you've surrendered.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't control the total universe, and yet every moment is a conspiracy of the total universe. So why would I fight the whole universe?
1: You son of a bitch. so beautiful. No, it's but, great.
0: Yeah. Then once you let go of your idea of how things should be, then... Nothing ever goes
1: wrong Yeah That's great So in my world Nothing ever goes wrong Because it, it just is Do you remember the hardest time You've ever laughed? The hardest
0: time I've ever?
1: Yeah Childhood Recently I've ever done what? Ever laughed
0: Yeah It was I took bhang Bhang? Bhang It's an Indian uh, hallucinogen <laughs> That we take once a year in India No way yeah. Is it? Uh, it's on the it's, you know there's a day called Holi. Yeah,
1: Holi with the colors.
0: Yeah, then we take we drink ganja. It's like a
1: ganja. It's It's, it's like a, eating mar- uh, marijuana. Yeah, some some but, but it makes you trip a little bit. A lot. <laughs> and people are throwing color at and, each
0: other. Yeah, and you go into your essential state. So for me I laughed ever. I laughed for 24 hours. What? Nonstop, yeah.
1: Uh, well, that's a goal for me now. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna do that. Have <laughs> well, um, ganja. Yeah, on holy in yeah. India. Yeah. That sounds incredible. That's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it at a, a fish concert. Yeah, I want to no do no it worries. with uh, little Indian children throwing handfuls of yellow yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, again, this, this was so good. I, I feel completely satisfied. I'm going to... Do you think... If we are reincarnated, that's why babies are crying, because they're like this again.
0: (laughs) There are many interpretations, but if there's no you to begin with, then there's no person that is reincarnating. What is reincarnating are wisps of memory and threads of desire pretending to be persons.
1: Perfect. I'm not even going to, I have no follow up question. That was perfectly put. (laughs) What about astral projection? I've never talked to somebody that says they do that, that, that describes it with the fervor that uh, makes me believe they're doing it.
0: So you should take our course. Uh, the, There's an astral projection course? No, we have a course <laughs> called Seduction of Spirit, yeah. where we teach basic, uh, you know, harnessing intention. Then we have a course for those who have graduated called Seduction of Silence, where we teach astral projection. And we even teach that. See that picture there? Which one? Yeah, with Michael Jackson.
1: Uh, yes, you mm. levitating. Yeah. <laughs> so all things you imagine... It's better. not It's not a good enough photo to just have you hopping way too high while while meditating. Michael Jackson also has to be in the photo. That is...
0: But see, the, 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 what happened is he got so attached to the idea that it should happen that it never happened. And he almost started to cry. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was so keen on getting the result yeah whereas in fact you have to just
1: let it go you and then it happens right you got to frozen it let it go that, is, that I've seen that photo before yeah. but the, see that's the other thing is is so when you hopped like that did you hover
0: no you just kind of hop as soon as you become aware you come down yeah so you don't know the theory is which is a bizarre theory you know but that that technique of meditation is there in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, the guy who wrote the first book of yoga. Right. He has a whole chapter on what he calls Siddhis. Mm-hmm. Siddhis are supernormal powers.
1: Yeah, the Siddhi. Like,
0: yeah. The Siddhi program. The Siddhi program. Yeah. The invisibility, this, that, yeah, the other. Uh, no big deal in Yeah. And looking into the past, future, etc. So all the techniques are given there. But, but you can read about them, but actually, it actually doesn't help till you actually practice them and you follow the exact instructions of meditation yeah so what were they saying yeah astral
1: projection is one of is them. that something you've done yeah you astral project yes have you you have a scientific mind have you ever tried to you know I've heard people put a playing card face down against a window and then they Project and they go and look at the card and they come back and see if they were right. Yeah, but
0: these are you know a lot of psychics can do this. Right. It's not a big deal. I think the main thing, the the main thing is not to. If everyday perception is a trick you can't explain, you know we can't explain the normal. Right. You can't explain how do you get an in body experience without being in it. Right. You know, you right now you think that there's some guy there called Pete Holmes in your body, right? Uh, and if I go look inside, I won't find you. <laughs> so he, you know, the fact is we can't explain an in-body experience. And so an out-of-body is just as weird. It's just as weird as an in-body.
1: That's what I've always said. I said, and an you know what just, they all are?
0: Yeah, they're all projections. So this, just another this one. This universe that you see, yeah. you have projected it. So
1: there are many
0: projections.
1: Yeah, but when I'm, I've am i read, when you astral project, you can fly, senses are heightened, you can visit the past, future, in other dimensions. In that body, yeah,
0: in that body. But, but that sounds amazing. Hey, isn't this amazing that you and I are here without not being here? I want to fly, Deepak.
1: <laughs> 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 can you the tell? The
0: whole thing yes. is a cosmic dream. There's no... There's no hierarchy of which dream is more real than the other one. I see. So, you know, said, so are there heavens? Yes. Are there hells? Yes. Are there purgatories? Yes. Whatever you can imagine, it exists, and it's just another dream, just like this one, because this seems more real because you're in it. Mm. Okay. When you wake up from this, you'll say, oh, that was a nice dream.
1: What if we are in some sort of bad place and we're supposed to wake up? Like, this is my job, this is my life, this is my story, and even this conversation is just another attempt at me trying to get out of this. (laughs) That's what it feels like.
0: (laughs) You know, stop stop taking things personally. Okay. And then you will be free (laughs) to dream whatever you want because you'll dream from another place. As long as you take things personally, then you're living in a very personal universe and your life is squeezed into the volume of a body and the span of this lifetime. But when you say, uh, yeah, that's another, this person itself is a dream.
1: Hmm. Can you tell me the first time you astral project? It must have been exciting.
0: I can do it any time at night, uh, you know, if I want to.
1: So, if I'm understanding you correctly, at night, if you feel like it, I say uh, you could tonight, fly to India, yeah, and visit family, yeah, and see what they're doing,
0: yeah. But then I don't take it like it's as real as yesterday for me. But that's phenomenal. I mean, it's amazing, right? If you understand that the whole thing is a dream, that way, you know, people ask me, "Is it real? Is it imaginary?" I said, "Choose." Okay, is this real or is it imagination?
1: You salty, Choose. salty man. <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah, but it has. To, it, isn't there a level of fun to it? You're like, this is fun. I'm Deepak Chopra. I've done the work. It must. I'm not Deepak Chopra. I understand. You are. You are the universe. But you've done the work. Hmm. Maybe I am looking at it wrong. Because I am looking at it like a set of skills that you can do and that I can't do. And you're saying there's, n- there's nothing like that. It's just, I'm, I'm Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm sitting down and you're behind me, hopping. Is that right?
0: Yeah, you're, very, you're taking it too seriously. Relax. Take it easy. You know, if there's one thing I'll have on my epitaph, it'll be easy come, easy go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that, that is tremendous. That just feels like the natural end. I could talk to you forever, but out of we'll respect... We'll talk again. Well, let's do it again. Out of yeah. respect for your time, I, w- I would like to leave it here. Okay. Truly tremendous. Good. And um, I'll see you in the class. Yeah. You
0: know, we have Dan Siegel this year. Remind yeah, this me, Dan Siegel is... He's a UCLA neuropsychologist. Oh, my goodness. He's absolutely brilliant.
1: And he's, so, he's, he's here?
0: He's, yeah, he's going to be the second session tomorrow... We're going to be together. I will be and there. He's brilliant, absolutely.
1: I'm going to be there so for that. And actually, I'm thrilled that he's here because every time I sit next to him, I learn something. That's how I feel about you. I, I really yeah. love you very much. Thank you Thank for doing you. this. Thank you. Pete. Thank you for taking the time. Would you say yeah. keep it crispy? It's what the guest says at the end.
0: Keep it crispy, Pete Holmes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Really appreciate Thanks. it.